You're listening to The Open Podcasts. He's done just about everything in a fabulous career. 40 career wins, 10 Ryder Cups, except win a major. Sometimes there's just no justice in that sport. Golf can be considered to be a game of confidence, so often giving and taking away from those who play it. Yet a few players at the very top of the game are blessed with consistency that defies both age and the game of golf itself. For Lee Westwood, that consistency has manifested itself in 25 consecutive appearances at the Open, since he first made his debut in 1995. Undoubtedly one of the finest English golfers of modern times, Westwood has had an astonishing career and even now rules as the reigning European number one in his 48th year of life. A quarter of a century after his debut, he still ranks among contenders each year he tees it up at the Open. And although so far it has been painfully elusive, he still dreams of one day capturing the claret jug. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Every time I tee it up, I, I feel like, I, you know, I can win. I, I've always said I'll, I'll, I'll pack it in when I don't feel competitive anymore. Right, right now, I'm still competitive and I can still win tournaments, so keep, keep working hard and keep playing in them. This is Tales of the Open. This is the story of Lee Westwood. Born and works up in 1973... Westwood didn't take up golf until the age of 12, when he began to play the game with his father. The result was a progression so rapid, it is scarcely conceivable. Yeah, I got into golf when I was about 12, 13 years of age. Um, my dad was a big fisherman, uh, and he also taught me at school. So one summer holidays, um, he took me fishing and I hated it. I used to throw stones in where he was fishing, which apparently scares the fish away. And uh, he said, right, well, we'll not do this anymore. Let's, uh, let's go and have a game of golf. And my grandparents had bought me a half set for Christmas the previous year, which I'd never used. So he said, get them out and we'll, uh, we'll go to the local municipal, which was Kilton Forest in Worksop, and we'll have a game of golf there. So it was the start of the summer, um, went along, didn't play very well, first of all. It, it, a couple of good shots, though, that came out the middle. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's Sounds like fun. And I got a few mates that had started playing kind of a bit before me, so they were a bit better than me. And I wanted to kind of get up to their level. So I went for a few lessons and I picked it up pretty quickly. And I loved playing the game. I love it in balls, which I still do now. So, you know, I was willing to practice when other people weren't really. Kind of from, well, I won the county championship when I was 14, which was only kind of a year after starting to play the game. And I picked the game up obviously quicker than you would normally and I got to the age of 16, 15, 16, I got picked for England and I was starting to play well in national competitions and I'd played a lot of other sports, I was a pretty good footballer um, and I always wanted to be a professional footballer but once I started playing golf, golf took over and then from I suppose the age of 16 when I got in the England boys team, that's what, that's what I then wanted to do kind of for the rest of my life, you know, I, th- I figured that if you were in the top 12 in the country, in the in the boys at that age, then, you know, you've got a future in the game at, at some kind of level, whether it be, you know, in a pro shop or working in golf, yeah. That's a long time ago. It's 32 years ago. I struggle to remember last week, never mind 32 years ago. 
With remarkable progress, Westwood turned professional in 1993, gaining his tour card for the 1994 season. A year later, after a good start to his pro career, and less than 10 years after first taking up golf, Westwood successfully qualified for his first Open Championship, held at none other than St Andrews. And that's Lee Westwood, fine up-and-coming young European player. I tried to qualify as an amateur and a bit unsuccessful, and then in 94, when it was at Turnbury, uh, I tried to qualify and I lost out in a playoff. Uh, I was cruising along and I hit what I thought was a nice shot into one hole and it landed on a sprinkler head just on the edge of the green, about 15 feet from the flag, pinged through the back and went in a ditch with a f- just a few holes to just a few holes to play. And then I think it was something like a, a nine-man playoff for seven spots and I missed out. So the writing, the writing was on the wall for me in that Open Championship in 94, but then I tried again in 95 and I was obviously playing uh, a little bit better and I qualified at Leven Links, which I'd played well at that golf course in the past. I'd won the Leven gold, gold medal there and I, I qualified quite easily. That was a 95 Open at St Andrews when, uh, yeah, that was, the, uh, that was my first Open Championship. I've played everyone since. This is Lee Westwood, young player who's, uh, who's showing some nice, nice form over the short period that he's been a golf professional. The Scottish Open the week before used to finish on the Saturday and then we used to go straight to qualifying on the Sunday and the Monday. So I qualified on the Sunday and the Monday and then hung around Monday afternoon. But I was pretty sure I was going to get in. I'd shot a couple of low rounds. I was kind of cruising in. Uh, so then I went across to St Andrews and found some accommodation for the week. Playing in his first major at the 124th Open Championship, any player most certainly wouldn't want to witness what Westwood did on the first tee at St Andrews. On the tee, Lee Westwood. Well, I was on the first tee the Thursday morning or afternoon, I can't remember what it was, and the group in front of me was Ian Baker Finch, Arnold Palmer and Peter Baker. And I was already fairly nervous and Ian Baker Finch, who was struggling at the time, uh, was teeing off in the group in front and, he, and he'd obviously won the Open Championship in, I think it was 91, maybe, so four years previous. And he stood on the first tee, it was windy, his hat blew off, uh, he hit a big hook and it went out of bounds left on the first tee at St Andrews. And I thought, wow, if you know, like somebody that's just won it a couple of years ago, is it out of bounds? Maybe even I can do that. So I didn't in the end, but it was nice to... Uh, St Andrews can be a slow golf course, you can get uh, a bit of... Bu- bunching up out there and there were a few times when you know sharing a tee waiting for the groups to clear in front with Arnold Palmer so that's something that definitely stuck in my mind that might have even been his last Open Championship I think. Soon after his Open debut Westwood went on to win his first professional event the next year at the Volvo Scandinavian Masters before arriving at Royal Troon in 1997 for the 126th Open ranked inside the world's top 35. There, a tied 8th place finish saw Westwood pick up his first ever top 10 in a major championship and proved the precursor to a magical run for the Nottinghamshire talent. Now at the 18th, Lee Westwood from the back of the green. Lee Westwood, that putt was for a part 4, so he's had a pretty mixed bag. Tap in for a round of 72. 
20 wins from 1997 to 2000, including a first European Order of Merit title in 1999, saw Westwood vault into the world's top 10 and stay there for three years, reaching a career high of fourth. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, between sort of 97 and 2000, I won loads of tournaments, I think somewhere in the region of about 25, 26 tournaments. So that was a lot of wins in a in a short period of time. And you obviously move up the world rankings a lot. And I started to contend in, in major championships, came close at the Open at Troon. And obviously you, you ride in the confidence and then, you know, that your confidence get you know, you, you start playing poorly, your confidence gets dashed. After another prolific season in 2000 with six victories, Westwood would fall victim to the fickle nature of confidence, quickly dropping outside of the world's top 250 players by the middle of 2003. You know, it's a, when you drop from fourth to 270 odd, um, I, don't, I don't know exactly what number I dropped, so I stopped looking, um, then, uh, you know, your confidence gets dashed and it's a long way back. So, you know, that's probably my proudest achievement in my career, actually not giving up and, you know, grinding it out and coming back from, from that slump. Yet two victories at the back end of 2003, his first since 2000, saw the then 30-year-old enter Royal Troon for the 133rd Open, ranking in the world's top 50, with a change in form and heart. So these guys, Tiger Woods, Greg Norman and Lee Westwood. In the star grouping with Tiger Woods and Greg Norman, who he watched win the Open in 1986 as a child growing up, Westwood's Open didn't get off to an ideal start. From England, Lee Westwood. Next slim down, Lee Westwood. Looks very fit. Well, for us British golfers, this is the moment you wait for all year. A double bogey on the first hole of the championship left a sour taste. Lee Westwood for bogey on the first. Well, double bogey for poor Lee. It'll just make him grind even harder now. Not what he wanted. He's got some birdie chances coming up. But the Englishman recovered admirably to make the cut with rounds of 72 and 71 before a good third round of 68 put Westwood just a shot outside the top 10, entering the final round. Hello on a brisk and a bright morning here at Troon for the final round of the 133rd Open Championship. And there's no doubt that the wind coming in off the fourth today is stiffer than it has been for the three previous days and everything poised for a dramatic final 18 holes. After two early bogeys to drop to two over for his day through five holes, and even for the championship, Westwood sat well outside the top ten, could not win the event, and seemed destined for a mid-level finish. From there, however, the Englishman treated the crowds to a brilliant Open Championship run. God, you're going to have to jog my memory on my run. can't remember. While Lee himself can't quite recall... Those witnessing his golf that day will certainly remember. Birdies on the 6th and 7th were followed by a great birdie too at the postage stamp, the 8th. This is the third birdie in a row for Lee Westwood. What 
under now today. Three under the championship, you can see there. That's great stuff from Lee. Before another birdie on the notoriously difficult 10th hole. Lee Westwood on number 10 for four under. Four birdies in five holes. Lee Westwood's on a bit of a charge. After a string of pars, Westwood then birdied 16. Westwood on 16 after the chip from the front of the green is to go five under. Tied with Davis Love, who is in the clubhouse. Before facing a long par putt on the 17th hole. Lee Westwood for par on 17. He needs it. He needs it. Yes. Wonderful three, Lee Westwood. I don't believe all this. After his brilliance on 17, something wonderful was brewing, and Westwood's final hurrah in 2004 was the icing on the cake. Now Westwood, this to be leader in the clubhouse. Five under par, a foot 18 inches on the left is his line. Don't think he'll leave it short. A brilliant score of 67 after two early bogeys was the joint best of the day and merited Westwood with solo fourth position. It also gave him renewed confidence that he could produce this golf on the grandest of stages and get back to the dizzy heights in world golf that he occupied not too long before. Yeah, it took me a while to get the hang of playing in major championships. I was always a bit too keen and excited and just came, just made too many mistakes coming out of the block, played my, played my way out of tournaments. So, you know, it's, it's a different sort of mindset with major championships. You've got to be much more patient and have a better game plan. And Yeah, I suppose, you know, coming back, winning a couple of times in 2003 and then playing well in the Open, finishing fourth at Troon in 2004. Yeah, that was kind of where I started to play a little bit better in the, in the majors. Moving forward, Westwood again began to get back to his best, recording two victories in 2007. Now accustomed to major championship golf, Westwood played a huge role in the 2008 US Open, missing out on a playoff with Tiger Woods and Rocco Mediate by a single shot after his final hole birdie attempt narrowly missed the cup. Yeah, well, definitely when I came close at Torrey Pines, which was one I felt like I should have won. Um, yeah, that you know, when you keep knocking on the door, it gives you that feeling that you know you've got the hang of playing them now, and you know there's just a, a way of preparing for them and, and, a, and, a, and a kind of game plan and mindset for them, really. Westwood's next chance would come the following summer for the 138th Open Championship at Turnbury. Good morning and welcome to an extraordinary morning on the Ayrshire coast. Westwood's championship started in unusual fashion, a 
as Lee's caddy Billy Foster walked from the Scottish Open at Loch Lomond to Turnbury the week prior, all with a golf bag on his back for charity. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So we went at it. It was Loch Lomond the week before um, the Open Championship at Turnbury, so myself and Billy went the weekend before to Turnbury to have a couple of practice rounds, and then we drove across to Loch Lomond. I played Loch Lomond, and Billy decided to walk from Loch Lomond to Turnbury with a golf bag on his back for charity. So I met Billy Sunday night, Monday morning at Turnbury when he walked the trip. So he was, yeah, yeah, he was ready for a lie down, yeah. I think he tried to stop at every pub on the way, though, true caddy style. While Foster may have needed extra rest, Westwood was sharp and ready to go. A solid first round of 68 was followed by an even par round of 70 leaving the Englishman at two under for the championship and just three shots off the halfway lead. Westwood on his way. Flag of St George is in the hands of Lee Westwood. chance of winning this championship, the way he's played the last few weeks and the way he's played the first two days. After a steady start to his third round, Westwood was awaiting a spark. It came after a brilliant approach to the 12th. Lee Westwood on the 12th. Oh yes. Westwood is firing still, taking out the flags, one under for the championship, that to go to two. Westwood would duly knock that putt in, and just a few holes later on the par 5-17th, faced a birdie putt to move into a share of the lead late on Saturday. Westwood now, a chance to join them at three under. We have a three-way tie at the top. Westwood without doing much at all except play good solid golf. He hasn't had much of the run of the putter. He finds himself tied for the lead of the Open Championship. After an ideal tee shot on the final hole, Westwood was eyeing up a spot in Sunday's final pairing. But instead his championship hopes threatened to unravel before the final round had even begun. Westwood now. Well, he's not totally happy. Oh, he's hoping for a kick, but it's got tangled up in the long grass on that mound. Got a bit heavy, that's, yeah. that's a bad error. Pop over that bank. No, it didn't. Here we are then. Looks to be in the deep, nasty stuff on the ridge. Oh, Lee Westwood. Hasn't he paid the price? He's only made a few mistakes in three days, and he's paid the price every time. Now facing his fourth shot from thick rough, the man from Worksop managed to produce a stroke of brilliance to keep himself right in the thick of the championship. Well, he tried to get cute with that. This is his fourth shot on this par four. Generally, what happens with this next one, it's quite long. You're right, Wayne. Well, he's played that extremely well. Come on, run it out. 
We're making the best of a bad job. What a shot that is from Lee Westwood after the horrors of the third. Brilliance with the fourth. And he may yet drop just one shot, which would be some salvation. This for a five and a round of 70. Oh, well done. Well done indeed. Well played. That's a good performance. Mature, solid. Entering the final round and playing with fellow Brit Ross Fisher in the penultimate game, Westy, as he is so affectionately called, received huge support from the crowds at Turnbury. The next day, Lee Westwood joins his playing partner and his fellow Englishman on the first tee. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think, uh, you know, for, for me, being British and, you know, being the Open Championship and growing up playing Lynx golf courses, it's the greatest championship in the world. And uh, they always give their home players a bit of extra applause, I think. And uh, the Open Championship fans have, have got used to seeing me, you know, play Opens now. So, you know, they they like it when, they, when they've got somebody there that they've seen for many years and they feel like they can relate to, I guess. Well, two of Britain's best and the very best of British to them both. This is game number 36. Holiday from England, Lee Westwood. Well, the waiting is over for Lee Westwood. And many people here hoping he can step up and claim this first major title that they so feel is his. Having grown up in front of British fans, 14 years on from his debut, and five years after his best finish at the Open in a tie for fourth, Westwood was in his strongest position yet at the Open. As he struck his opening tee shot in the final round, he lay just two shots behind overnight leader Tom Watson at two under par. Westwood started steadily, recording four pars that included a vital ten-foot putt on the third. Testy one from Lee Westwood, hit still Lee for his par. Yes. Yes, just enough pace to hold his line. Super up and down. Well, I think there was a feeling around the screen that that putt could indeed set the tone of Westwood's day. On the fifth hole, however, a poor drive cost a stroke. Huge putt for Lee Westwood. But still only left him one back of the lead. Well, it would turn a little more than that, sir. Aaron T-shot costing the stroke, back to one under. Immediately on the par three sixth hole, a great T-shot set up a chance to tie. There's Westwood now at the sixth. I've stood back on that tee all week long. Again, just came over here on holiday, and I've been fascinated to watch. It is so intimidating. Visually intimidating from the tee. General tilt of this green is back to front. This will move to the left. He's got a great read from Fisher. Oh. A new man at two under. It's Westwood and Woods. The WWWs. Looking pretty steady too. Now at two under par for the championship. Westwood went for a big carry from the tee on the par 5 seventh. Well, he seems to like it. Is it over the corner onto the fairway? Oh, what a tee shot. Stay there. Oh, brilliant from Westwood. 
but that makes this hole a really great birdie chance. Just a long iron from there. Now westward. Can you run it up the garden path here? Three iron. You can. Oh yes, 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 yes. That's a wonderful shot. How about that for a little gem? A pearl up Lee Westwood, eagle chance, under the hole, putting up the hill, easiest putt he could have left himself. Absolutely, Ken, and a putt for a two-shot lead. That would be something. Now, eagle attempt, Westwood, seven. It's there, leader by two. Brilliance by Westwood. He's broken away, two-shot lead. I remember being in contention pretty much all of the day. I remember making eagle early on, I think, got me into the lead. An amazing eagle for Westwood took him to four under par and gave him a two-shot lead. Two pars followed before a bogey on the tenth hole to drop back to three under. No. Yes. No. It's fence sitting of the highest order. But he drops a shot, Lee Westwood. And the top of that leaderboard squeezes a little bit closer again, back to three under. Westwood still had a share of the lead, however, with Tom Watson. And a brilliant save at the 12th maintained that. All the years of practice boil down to moments just exactly like this. Power saving attempt for Westwood a little bit off the left. them in the past and holding them today and he still leads stepping onto the tee at the par 3 15th westwood was still tied with watson who was in trouble on the 14th i remember the end you know having the lead for most of the day going up 15 i think with the lead 15th par 3 hit a good shot into 15 got an unlucky bounce 184 front the seven iron with the wind should be pitching six to seven yards on should be about right. Through the back. Sedone, 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 Sedone. Only stick in there, son. This is yours. That pin right up the back, like a siren calling the players in, down into the sand. Into a bunker, which was like the worst place you could go. Even more important, 20-footers in his career. Big bogey there. No. Shot gone, opening for the others. Well, he's unlucky there, hit a beautiful 7-iron, but you've got to be so careful on this type of course. But he's done everything right, really, this week. Hit a poor shot, second shot into 16, trying to avoid the, the ditch on the right. Played an OK chip and then left my putt hanging on the edge on 16. Crucial for Westwood. Has he hit it? Has he hit it? Has he? Goodness gracious me. After back-to-back -back bogeys, Westwood produced a shot of brilliance on the par 5-17th. Is he going to get the right bounce? Is he going to get the right bounce? Oh, I'm telling you, this watch this, this is going to be absolutely crystal. 
for an eagle. An approach to 10 feet left the Englishman with a pot for eagle. Here it is. Practice for hours and hours as a lad. To take the outright lead at three under. If he holds this, he's red hot favourite to win the Open. He left it hanging on the edge for eagle on 17. Is it coming? It must come. It must. Oh no, that's impossible. How did that stay out? It's all, oh, it's all tingly, tingly, tingly. With his pot defying gravity, Westwood had to settle for a birdie. But the drama was not over there. On the par 4 18th, Westy took an iron as he prepared to play the final hole of regulation. Dangers, one bunker, 265 on the left hand side. Waving straight down to the centre, which is. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Woo, woo. Oh no. He didn't hit the bunker off the last. Does he know it's in the sand? He does now, he can, yes. And oh. you know, these Lynx bunkers just gather the ball in from seemingly 10 yards away from the sand. It's quite, quite a fierce lip from there, and he's a long way back. Westwood really doesn't have a shot here to attack the green. This tee shot of his has turned this into a three-shotter. He looks like he's taking a, a fairly brave line and shot. Oh, it, it looks like he's got a fair bit of loft. I don't think he's being silly. I mean, if he gets it out with a 9-iron or a wedge, 100, 110, whatever yards down the fairway, he's got another one probably onto the green and, and a, a putt for a four. If he hits the bank and stays in the bunker, it's finished, it's over. Yeah, and the wind was kind of down and out the right, and uh, I knew it was the only. I knew the only way I was going to get it on the green was to hit like a big slinging hook out of the bunker and bring it on the wind. And Billy didn't think there was any way I was going to get it on the green, and I chased it on there about ten yards on the on the green. I think five to ten yards on the green. So I think that's probably the best shot. Best shot, certainly under the circumstances, probably the best shot I've ever hit. Yeah. Amazing shot. That was, I mean, Maureen was saying, you know, be careful and make it a full shot up, but I mean, that was a fizzer. I mean, how he did that, I really don't know. You know, it's special every time you go there, and it's special every time you walk up that 18th in front of the fans, especially if you're doing well. This is sheer genius. We see it's an eight iron, and look how tall the lip is. He's absolutely on the limit. He strikes it. Look at that. Just tiptoes over the lip. You won't see a better shot. Full blast. Brave, brave, brave. But then we are playing for the open.
applause, Ken? Warm well, applause and applause. And what do you think Tom Watson thinks he's done? He thinks he must have hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably does. Drama to the very end. I heard a cheer come up when uh, Tom had hit the middle of the fairway and I, and I knew he was in front, ahead of me by a shot, so I thought, well, he's not going to make bogey from there. So had a go at the putt, hit it too hard and rolled it 10 feet past. Well, this is a massive putt for Westwood. You can see the length of it. This for a three, this would take him to three under par. Watson is a three under. So if he holds this and Watson gets a four, it's a playoff. First, he's got to hold this. Well, he wasn't going to die wondering. He gave it every chance, but he's also got to remember Stuart sinks in at two under par. That really well. Well, it was a huge long putt. It was. Very difficult to get the distance perfect, but that was a bit, a bit over brisk. Westwood, does he? Oh. the one coming back and then he ended up making bogey and tying Stuart Sink then losing in a playoff so you know just getting ahead of myself there really cost me, cost me being in a playoff well I mean I, I don't I don't know what it is but I, I lost I lost the tournament or I lost out on the playoff trying to win I, I think as a sportsman you've got to go for the win when the, when the opportunity's there you know that was the only time during the week really where I got ahead of myself and uh, you know started thinking about winning rather than uh, than just you know, taking each shot on its merits. So, uh, you know, that was a, a mental error. But I, I felt like coming down the stretch there, I was a little bit unlucky on a couple of shots. At Turnbury, Westwood experienced his closest call at the Open so far. Yet while holding the lead for much of the final round, and with just four holes to play, a few stray bounces and a mental error on the 18th green meant he would fall just one shot short of a playoff, eventually won by Stuart Sink. Though Turnbury was another near-miss in majors, Westwood's career was soon to reach another level. Winning the newly-minted race to Dubai in 2009, claiming the season-long European Tour crown for the second time, Westie ended the year ranked fourth in the world, before playing just as well in 2010. A second place in the 2010 Masters was followed by a great performance at St Andrews, where the 37-year-old secured a runner-up finish, his best in the Open. Ending the week, seven shots behind runaway victor Louis Westhazen. The runner-up and the winner of the Silver Salver is Lee Westwood. Well, well, I'd I'd finished second, nearly won the Masters. And I'd finished second at the Open and just was playing consistently well. Uh, and got and got a calf injury, which kind of stalled me a little bit just after the Open Championship and around August time. Yeah, I mean, I was just contending every week, so you know, I probably I probably was the well, I was the best player in the world at that time. 
On October 31st, 2010, despite an injury halting his progress, Westwood became the 13th world number one in official world ranking history, dethroning none other than Tiger Woods and ending his record five-year spell at the top of the game in the process. People just see you get to world number one, they don't see the hard work you put in to get there, so it's more of a self-satisfaction thing, you know, and and it kind of validates all the hard work that you're doing that people don't see. For anybody that's been there and felt what it's like to be the best player in the world, you know, it's, it's the most special feeling, I think. A Ryder Cup stalwart, an Order of Merit winner, a victor of tournaments across five different continents, and now a world number one. Westwood CV had just one missing item, a major championship. The Open's official website has more content than ever before. Visit theopen.com today and explore our vast library of videos, as well as a host of feature articles, championship updates, ticket and hospitality information, venue guides, every episode of the Open podcasts, and much more. Arriving at the 142nd Open at Muirfield in 2013, Westwood had accumulated five more major top tens since reaching world number one, and was looking forward to the challenge of the East Lothian Lynx. I, w- I was playing well going into it. You know, I've played pretty well for the last 10 year, ten years or 10 years spell there. So I remember it just being very firm uh, and bouncy. Me and Billy sort of formulating a plan to get round. I, 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 I'd played Muirfield before and enjoyed it, but, you know, I enjoyed it even more when it was firm and bouncy. I knew it was going to be a week where it wasn't going to be a lot under par. You know, it was just going to be... A, a grinding week, trying not to make too many mistakes, pick up birdies where, where you could. And that's just what I did. I kept it in play and it, it was a bit windy at times and I had good control of my ball flight and, and distance control and just really played my way into the tournament. After opening rounds of 72 and 68, Westwood found himself paired in the penultimate grouping on Saturday, sitting at two under par in a tie for second and playing with Tiger Woods. at the start of so many years. On the tee from England, Lee Westwood. Ready for this match? There's something wrong. I can't remember. I can't remember any any of it. <laughs> I mean, if you can't remember playing with Tiger in the third round of a major championship when you're both in contention, then we're strug- we're struggling here a little bit, aren't we? It's going to be wonderful. Lee Westwood and Tiger Woods, obviously, really familiar to be in this situation in a major championship. Tiger seems to pull through and win them, and Westwood could have won five or six. Hasn't quite done it. Could this be his week? I do enjoy playing with Tiger. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, he's a, he's the best player the game's ever seen. Isn't he? So it's I played with him the, the final round in uh, in '99 in the Masters when I had a chance to win, and I played with him the final round in 2008 when he won with a broken leg at Torrey Pines, and 
I remember weird things like Olympic in 98, myself, him and Tom Watson played the first two days. I played the first two days with him at Turnbury in 2009, Tiger and Rio Ishikawa. But, you know, if you ask me, obviously, about Muirfield in, uh, in 2013, I can't remember that. <laughs> even though I sh- clearly shot a good score and had the lead. In the standout group of the third round, even if Lee didn't quite recall the day, the Open Championship crowds were enormous. The Englishman would suffer an early bogey, but hold an excellent putt for par on the fourth. It's the ultimate nerve putt. You have to trust your stroke. Oh, madness of little Jim. Cool, the accelerating as it plummeted down the hole. Terrific par. Yet it was on the next hole, short of the par 5 fifth in two, where Westwood produced one of his great open moments. Here's Westwood. Big swinger. Steady, steady, steady. Oh, no. That is stupendous. Bordering on the ludicrous. Guinness Book of Records. Tiger looks up from the grimly smiles well done. Good Lord. You'd call that warm applause, wouldn't you? <laughs> warm applause, good reception. Drive second, took driver to the second shot. And this is worth looking, Peter, one more time. Well, you know, we were about to say something. Always using the old uh, Musselburgh shuffle, shuffle technique or something like that. Bang! It was really mating when it got to the hole. I shouldn't think where it might have gone if it had missed, but it didn't. An eagle vaulted westward into the lead, and a further birdie on the seventh moved the 40-year-old into a strong position. On the par 3 16th hole, Westwood was still three under for the championship with a rare under-par round on the day in progress. But after making a mess of the short hole, he had a 20-foot pot to salvage a bogey. In that sort of trouble off the tee, you have to make sure you make four. Now tied with Woods at two under, Westwood faced another pot of half that length on the 17th to take command of the championship once more. Westwood has this now for a birdie, two-shot swing and a two-shot lead. closing par capped off a brilliant round of 70 on a difficult day and Westwood held a two-stroke lead overnight. Just excited really, you know, the, the Open Championship, you know, you're, you know you're going to be late out if you're leading or in the last couple of groups and you've got all day to think about it, you know, like three o'clock's the last tee-off time and that's a long time to to think about it and tee-off, so you just try and occupy yourself, you know, maybe get out of bed late and have a long breakfast, maybe do some stretching or a bit of a warm-up and generally relax.
Good morning and welcome to the final day's play of the 142nd Open Golf Championship from Muirfield in East Lothian. About 40 minutes drive or so from Edinburgh on the eastern seaboard of Scotland. Playing with Hunter Mayhan, the support for Westwood the following day was remarkable. An early dropped shot was a setback, but an unlikely birdie on the fifth hole, the sight of his miraculous eagle the day prior, was a step in the right direction once more. Can you possibly make a birdie after driving into a bunker, Westwood? It could be. Outrageous. You can't do that. However, for Westwood, that was to be his final birdie of the 142nd Open. Back-to-back bogeys would follow on the 7th and 8th holes. Horrible plot line. Don't don't go into the footprints, don't go into the footprints. On the 13th tee, Westwood still held a share of the lead, but after dropping a further shot on the hole to fall to even par, it soon became clear to the Englishman that his race was run, as Phil Mickelson ahead roared home in 66 to post three under par. Not moving. No, things are slipping. Four for Westwood. This is fourth bogey of the day. Only one bird was on the par five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he played a brilliant round, didn't he? Obviously, um, what did he shoot? Sixty-six or something like that. From about the fifteenth in, I think we we knew we weren't going to catch him. We were just playing for the the minor places. While Mickelson's final day sixty-six was a sight to behold, giving the American the claret jug. So for him, if he could just pop this one in. Westwood 75 left him in a tie for third, four shots off the pace at one over par. You can't have an effect on what's just happened. You can only have an effect on what's about just about to happen. So there's no point in looking back. Is there? Um, it's nice to look back and reminisce, but um, there's no point in dwelling on anything in the past. Just you know, move, look forward, move forward, and try and do your best all the time. For Westwood, this mantra has no doubt helped produce incredible longevity and consistency throughout his career. 
but a relative barren spell of three windless years from 2015 saw the Englishman drop out of the world's top 50 for the first time in over a decade. In the five years after Muirfield, Westwood's only major top tens came at the 2014 and 2016 Masters, where he finished runner-up to Danny Willett on the latter occasion. But after a win at the Ned Bank Challenge in 2018, Westwood came to Royal Portrush in 2019 for the 148th Open, feeling rejuvenated and with another chance for Open Championship glory. Oh, it's great down there. I've been down there before, you know, obviously knowing Darren, I've been over there and uh, we've been in, been in there and I played the British amateur there when I was a kid. Uh, I didn't go in the Harbour Bar then, too young, obviously, but the Harbour Bar is definitely a good pint of Guinness. I feel like Major's given me the best chance. You know, I've got, I've got more experience now and I feel like Majors are the tournaments where you need a lot of experience. You know, I'm still, I'm still fit. There's nothing that stops me from, you know, physically that, from playing at a high level. So, you know, major championships should be, should be the ones where, you know, I can use my, my knowledge and my experience. So, yeah, it was, it was nice to see Portrush set up as it was. You know, a, a tough, fair test. It's gone, it's gone straight into my top three in, of, of golf courses. You know, links golf courses certainly. I think I just I just think it's a, it was brilliant before. And now it's just an incredible golf course and just a great place to play. And while Portrush's calamity corner caused chaos for many in 2019, Westwood mastered the famous par 316th on days one and two. Oh, Westwood. Oh, this looks good. That's a birdie at 16. Go on, yes. Real bonus for Lee. Lovely to it. Calamity corner. You saw the no fade of Lee Westwood, so this is what he's left with. Oh, what about pace? Hang on. Oh, why not? The line doesn't bear either, Thomas. He held a long one there yesterday as well. Starting the final round in a tie for sixth. Westwood hung on well on Sunday during one of the fiercest squalls of weather the Open has seen in years. Now Lee Westwood for a birdie. Here at the 10th hole, turn, turn. Beautiful from Lee Westwood. Lee always looks forward to the challenge. That was a big one going up that tent with the weather. Great attitude. Yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. We caught it at a terrible time as well. We were about to play that 11th hole and almost couldn't get there in two, par four. So I think I bogeyed that one. It was from about 10 feet for par. And I missed a short one at the par five next. Bogeyed that. I think I might have even bogeyed 14 and I think I parred, parred my way in from there to finish fourth. So yeah, got off to a good start, but uh, you know, just a bit unlucky with the conditions that sort of came in when they did. While it wasn't to be Westwood's week, eventually culminating in a fourth-place finish, the Worksop native again experienced huge support from the Open's crowds and reaffirmed that even nearer 50 than 40, he could still compete with the very best. This is his chance for Birdie on the last, Lee Westwood, just to get... Oh, goodness me, 
his illness when he's left it all. Great try, Lee, another great week. Might be a 73, minus six. Kepka's on seven, thing. 17. Just about everything in a fabulous career. 40 career wins, 10 Ryder Cups, except win a major. Sometimes there's just no justice. That's sport. Despite the major title still proving elusive, a victory for Westwood in Abu Dhabi in early 2020 preceded a superb season that culminated in winning the race to Dubai at 47 years old, finishing number one in Europe for the third time. Up top, an equally delighted Lee Westwood, a 40-something with a couple of million reasons to celebrate. Dollars, that is. And the distinctive trophy is held aloft by Europe's number one again. It's difficult to take it all in right now, Tim. Um, obviously, it's been a, a, a bizarre year. You know, it's not getting any easier, not getting any younger, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just enjoying playing golf and, uh, you know, enjoying playing in these big tournaments. Lee Westwood won't turn 50 until 2023, but there is no doubt that the Englishman still belongs among the world's very best. Though he has no need to prove it, his runner-up finishes at the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Players' Championship in March of 2021, just months after winning the race to Dubai, served as a reminder to the world that Westie remains among a select handful of the game's elite. All this... 26 years after playing in his first Open Championship and without a single missed start at the Open in that time. There's a few things contribute to playing, playing well as you get older. You know, you've got to stay fit. You've got to be strong, flexible. You can't be short around a Lynx course. You know, you, you've still got to be able to hit the ball a, a good way else you're giving up too much of an advantage. But the thing with playing well as you get older is you've got to retain the enthusiasm to want to do the work away from the golf course, not just when you get to an Open Championship or something like that. You're not going to be, play, you're not going to be playing major championships if you're not playing well week in, week out. And, if, and to, to play well week in, week out means you've got to enjoy practising and going in the gym and you know dedicating your time to doing the psychology stuff when you need to do it and, and all those other things that go into making... A great, a great golfer, which you know people don't see and, and don't really know happens. Even now, with appearance number twenty-six lined up at Royal St George's, Westwood still believes that he could break his duck at golf's original major. His performances certainly back that up. If Westwood were to retire today, the former world number one would leave the game as one of Europe's finest ever players with three Order of Merit titles, 44 professional wins and 10 Ryder Cup appearances. But one of the most consistent players of the 21st century is far from finished with golf and is far from finished with the Open Championship. Well, like I said earlier, you know, it's the, it's the greatest championship in the world. It's not a tournament, it's a championship. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to hold that claret jug. Everybody wants to walk down that 18th fairway with the crowds cheering with a, with a lead, preferably a big lead, <laughs> on Sunday evening. And, you know, 
it's my it's my favourite experience in golf walking down that 18th fairway with the crowds there and the big stands up. I, I've always said I'll I'll pack it in when I don't feel competitive anymore. Um, right right now I'm still competitive and I can still win tournaments. So keep keep working hard and keep playing in them. With thanks to Lee Westwood. Narrated by me, Shane O'Donoghue. Written, produced and edited by Chris Lewis. Executive produced by Paul Sutcliffe. Additional support by Chris Devine and Liam Allen. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Tales of the Open. If you've enjoyed our Tales of the Open podcasts, head to The Open's YouTube channel today to enjoy reimagined video versions of several episodes which combine audio descriptions of memorable open moments with archive championship footage. This has been an original audio production from The Open.